Hi, uh, welcome to season 10. <laughs> we can't believe we got to 10 already. Um, I'm Mary Abazia with Impact Planning Group, and with me is Tom Spitali and Sean Wellam, and sometimes Sean's dog. And uh, this season is about pricing. And I'm, it's crazy, but we love talking about it because it's always evolving, it's always relevant, and you can always go deep into it. And that's what we're going to do in this season of pricing. So um, to start things off, we're going to share with you some of some of the things that are just really good, basic ways to think about value-based pricing versus other ways that you may price. So Tom, do you want to kick us off? I think the first thing to talk about is um, maybe create the deficit a little bit. How do, how, how do people think about pricing that gets them in trouble? What are some of the things that they, they do that sub-optimize their pricing practices and either leave money on the table or hurt them from a market share standpoint? Maybe we could start there. Sean, do you, do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, one of my first ever jobs uh, was, to, uh, was to price uh, they were actually, I mean, this is detail that isn't really necessary, but they were plastic lottery ticket dispensers for going on counters in, in shops and gas stations. This was the product, pretty as, as unsophisticated as you want to get. And I learned the art of cost pricing, which was to figure out the materials, figure out the labor content, the overhead, add a markup, which I, from memory, was like 35%. And then come out with a price for the unit, which at the time I thought this is really sophisticated. All those math skills I learned at high school, I'm now turning it into real business stuff. But of course, all I was doing was was ensuring that that our investment in materials and time was was giving us a, a fixed return of this 35% markup. And for the longest time, I just assume that's how pricing was done. What's this cost us to make, and and what should we add on to that to give ourselves a a healthy profit margin. And of course, that's really not how you should be pricing. Maybe it's important to make sure you don't end up entering a market where you'll lose money. But other than that, it pays no attention to whatever value the customer is getting from that product. Now, I don't know what value you get from a lottery ticket dispenser, if it helps you sell more lottery tickets. But either way, cost up was my first introduction. And I think it's the trap that many businesses fall into. Yeah, I think one of my favorite stories, um, somewhat com conversely, is um, we were teaching a Caltech program um, on pricing, and there was a guy in the back, and he was kind of smirking, <laughs> and we were talking about the idea of pricing based on cost or even, you know, based on customer value, and he said, you know, we sell one of the most basic commodities. We, we sell copper. And he said, what I figured out is, is that a lot of manufacturers need a very specific amount of copper to process. If you get too much or too little in, in this thing called a bar, that um, it kind of can screw up your production line. So he said, I came up with a, a phrase called the power bar instead of part number 326. And he says that I was able to charge at least 20% more, sometimes even more, just because people will call up and go, I want the power bar. Some of it was because it was easy. And some of it was because, you know, they just really made an exact amount of copper in each of these. So that, that was, and it was not based on cost. He laughed, he goes, you know, we were making money on that one. So that's, that's kind of the opposite end of what Sean's talking about. Yeah, the idea being that, and I think you, you mentioned both ends of the spectrum here. Sean, you mentioned that cost plus at least ensures you have a profit, 
if you know your cost, if you think you know your cost, maybe you're missing some things and maybe that's dangerous too. But in most cases, if you know your cost, cost plus is easy enough to set a price and, and it ensures a profit. But what it doesn't do is it doesn't take into consideration the entire value of what you are offering. And you may be committing the biggest sin in business, which is to work like a dog, like we all do, and leave some money on the table, not get the price that the, and the margins that you deserve. So there's, there's cost plus is a mistake. There's another one <laughs> or another, at least another way that people set prices that can work, but is often suboptimal. Which one, Mary? Do you well, yeah, I mean, this is this is our what we call the three C's that Tom's alluding to. So you can do it based on cost plus you could do it based on customer value at the top. Or, as we all know, those those wonderful competitors that are in there, you can just price yourself based on competitors. And, you know, there are a lot of benefits to that uh, because the market's established. And if you come into that playing field and you you can figure out, well, we're probably a little bit better. The only problem is, is that you suck any value out of what you might have built, even worse than cost plus, because what you've done is, is you figured out how to differentiate. Hopefully, hopefully you're doing a good job. And then you go, oh, we're like them, but only 5% more, 10% more. So it's it actually could be quite dangerous, especially if you follow a, a, a competitor down a cliff. You know, and the, and the classic is the computers. You know, it's like, I'm going to put more onto that computer and I'm going to charge a little bit less. And each of the computer manufacturers kept doing that. They just kept putting more features on and lowering the cost. And, you know, at some point, it obviously costs more to put those things onto the computer and customers didn't want it anyway. It was like just making it more complicated and the computer worked even less reliably. So ironically, they were just chasing each other down, which is a classic if you're following competitors. Yeah. So there is the three C's, cost, competitor, and customer value. And obviously we're advocates of customer value. And most people, when they hear about customer value-based pricing, it makes sense because you say, well, you know, you, you, you base your price on what the customer is willing to pay, which is often a function of how valuable versus their options in the market that they, they see your offer. But what is the reason that everybody doesn't price this way? <laughs> Yeah, Sean, I'm wondering, either you have a really good competitor story or or answering Tom's question. <laughs> I'm being called out on the podcast. I don't believe it. I was sat there like I was a spectator for a moment. <laughs> um, you know, I, I think the, uh, the I just wanted to add one thing, actually, before we move on from the three C's. And, 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 and it's about optimizing a price as well, because there's, there's, there's a certain supply and demand element to every product, not just commodities, which are the obvious ones. And sometimes when, when we're trying to price on a value basis and trying to maximize our margin, you can lose sight of, of maximizing the big picture, which is always a function of how many units can you sell at the price you choose to sell. And sometimes it makes perfect business sense to charge more and expect to sell less, but still make a net gain in, in margin. Or sometimes to charge less and make a smaller margin per unit, but sell more. It all depends on the, the overhead versus the direct cost and all that sort of fancy stuff. But there is also, there's no single best price. There's a, there's a best methodology, I guess. But then you have to say, 
what's the price response curve given the competitors, right? Because they always factor in. We, we, when we say price on value um, as being maybe the, the, the best approach, it, it's competitors that will drive that response curve and it's your cost that will drive your ability to even be in that market. So they all sort of come together. And, and the, the key is not to think one is more important than the others, but to balance all of them to find this optimal price point. And that's, I think, the challenge that, that is maybe that's the next level up. Once you've figured out not to do cost plus, the next step is probably to say, now, how do we optimize this? And that factors in all three of those elements in the three C's. They all come together at that, at that point. That's the masterclass in pricing, I guess. Yeah, maybe the- I- I want to add to that, Sean, is, is um, so, you know, we called it the three C's, but actually there's really a fourth C, what you're alluding to, which is that it's the company's objectives. So if a company knows that they want to achieve more market share, you know, their, their bigger goal is to achieve more market share, just as you're saying, then they're going to lower that price a little bit. So within a doorway of the, of the cost and the customer value, They'll, they'll charge a little bit less. But if they want to go for, for profits, typically, that means they want to get more. So they're going to sacrifice some of that volume within the response curve, and they're going to make a decision to charge a little bit higher towards the customer value or the ceiling of it. So you're absolutely right, is, is smart companies take it to the, to the fourth C, which is what is their, their company's objectives that they're trying to achieve. And it's worth remembering also, it's not always a trade-off. It nearly always is a trade-off. Price for volume is nearly always a trade-off. But if you look at iPhones as an example, they've managed to find that that very rare place where they both have a significant unit market share and the lion's share of the revenue. If you split smartphone market in terms of dollars rather than units, Apple have the biggest because, as we know, they charge premium price for their product. And objectively, there's not a great deal of difference between the different smartphones on offer, but they've got this extra thing, the brand, right? This is the other element that comes in when you think of what customers value. It's not just the features. And in a lot of B2B markets, we think, how does my product stack up feature to feature? How, how good is its battery life, its screen resolution if we're staying with the phones? But of course, when you have that X factor, that brand element, you can really then disconnect somewhat from that price volume thing you know your ability to generate revenue is a lot higher because you you've not just um understood the market and the customers but you've delivered either through direct or, or through softer imagery you've you delivered what the customer wants for a higher price and that's also key to this is, is, is recognizing how your product is perceived within that market because that has a value attached to it as well. And, that, and that's really what I was getting at. I think earlier when I asked the question, why don't more people do customer value-based pricing? And the answer is, they, by the way, that they should do all three. They should factor in all of the three C's. But the, the, the elephant in the room often is, is how do I measure customer value? That's, that's why people say that makes perfect sense, but I don't know how to measure it. And so the idea here is you do have to have some kind of a way to approximate that. Um, we, we call our, our tool that we use, and when clients see it, um, they love it. It's called the ability to win, but it's the idea of, can you break down the elements of what customers are looking for, both from a functional benefit standpoint, but also from an emotional standpoint, because brand oftentimes is appealing to certain emotions. And, and, can, and can you develop 
um, you know, some kind of measurement, some kind of rating, some kind of value that shows what you are delivering in the market versus competitors. It's never going to be perfect because we're talking about human brains, we're talking about emotions. But nonetheless, if you want to take full advantage of all three C's, especially the one I believe, and I think you two believe as well, the customer value piece being the most powerful one, you have to have an approach for at least approximating what that value is, you know, where is that doorway, the top of that doorway. And also, you know, in the process of doing this, you can also measure what you think your competitors values are as well. And then you have all three pieces, right? You have the top of the doorway, which is customer value. You have where the competitors are within that doorway. Hopefully you have a good feel for your, your cost, which is the bottom of the doorway. And then you look, as Mary said, about at, at your objectives. And as Sean said, at you know, sort of the supply demand situation. And now you all of a sudden are starting to have a more mature and specific um, uh, approach to your pricing that perhaps you didn't have before. Yeah. So what it's, else do we need to tell them? Well, it's that it's it's uh, it's a simple concept, but a difficult execution, right? No one would say that the reason pricing is 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 often not optimized, and the reason why many businesses focus on different things to to affect their margins, such as cost reduction, which is important, but it tends to be the primary focus. And I guess it, what we're saying is that that. A, a methodical way of, of understanding value over and above the features and the, and the practicalities of what your product does. Understanding that value is the key to beginning the journey in optimizing all of those moving parts because your competitors may react to your offer. That's a dynamic situation. Your customers may um, demonstrate with their feet if you get it wrong and start to, to buy somewhere else. Your costs need to be controlled, but as much as you should go for the lowest cost to, to give yourself the, the best fighting chance, sometimes you need to increase the costs of what you're putting into the product because there's an even bigger return on it. But it all starts with that fully clear and honest assessment of where value is in the market, not just from you, what do customers value? How do they perceive everything? Which is the ability to win, as you mentioned, Tom. And that's the start of the journey. But by the time you've you've optimized, you've wargamed, you've defeatured, you've added features, you've invested rather than uh, taken money out of the uh, production costs, you're in a position to hit that, that sweet spot. But it's not easy. It takes effort, but it's always worth it. I guess that's the message. This is just, this, I guess what we've talked about is just an acknowledgement that there is something there, but there's a lot of detail to get to the promised land. Yeah, I um, well, we um, we need to talk more about measurement, and we'll do that in one of our next podcasts because it's it, as you said, Tom, it's such an important piece in all of this um, that we should we should talk more about that. Um, it's funny; it seems like there's another C in here too. I'm I'm on a C band today. Um, the the confidence, Sean, as you were talking about it, all of these things that we're talking about is is we've seen companies do all of it. You know, they've measured customer value, they know their costs, they they have it all right in front of them. And then senior management goes, nah, let's just lower the price 20%. So because there's not enough confidence in what they're seeing or in you know the ability to perform in the marketplace. And it um it's it's too bad. So you know as we we continue to do this, we hope that you 
get some ideas about how you can build more confidence or help your company build more confidence in your pricing approaches. So anyway, you know, we have a lot of passion for this. So stay tuned for more, um, more of our episodes here in, in the pricing. And uh, you can find all of our podcasts and, and this is actually video too. So I guess it's the podcast or webinars, <laughs> whatever this is, you can see us too, if you'd like. Um, on accidentalmarketer.com or anywhere you get your podcasts. So thank you. Thank you.